Hey, Daniel, great episode on blogs. Definitely it started in the blogosphere, I think. A lot of these ideas, and, and that's where a lot of these products, you know, they're cleaned up versions of what's put in the blogs, right? You mentioned BX Black Razor, and he has actually some really neat products over on DriveThruRPG under his title, or his company, Running Beagle Games. And he has the complete BX Adventurer, which are a bunch of new classes. And he also has the BX Companion, which extends Basic Expert up to 28 levels, maybe 30 levels. I'd, I'd have to look at it. I've talked about these two products on my show, I don't know, a while back. But, um, yeah, really great stuff. And he also has some interesting articles, including a series he caught some flack on, how AD&D First Edition is the perfect distilled version, the only really complete game of the TSR D&D line, which, you know, is true. So I fully support him for that reason. Anyway, I'm just mostly kidding about that, mostly. And I will talk to you later. That was Jason from the Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Thanks for calling in, Jason. Yeah, you know what? That's probably where I found the blog was those two supplements because I have them both. I think one of them in print, the other in PDF. So uh, I will jump on drive-thru and find links to those and stick them in the show notes here. And I'll also jump back to that episode and add them. Very cool. Thank you. Yeah, I guess I haven't been keeping up with it. <laughs> I suppose taking any strong stance about any particular edition is going to catch you some flack. Um, as far as AD&D being complete, sure, why not? I think that we had a great time playing AD&D when we were kids, and I've said this before. A lot of people say, well, you know, we didn't really play AD&D. We played BX and we just used the AD&D classes, but no, we, we actually did play. As far as I can remember, we played as close as we thought we could to how the rules were. We used the stuff in the book. We used the psionics. We used all the combat. I love the hand-to-hand combat, as I've talked about before. And we, yeah, I thought it worked fine. You know, artifacts and relics. Oh, man. AD&D has some really great stuff in it. So uh, when you look at the Dungeon Master's Guide, for instance, most of that advice in there is stuff for you to internalize, not for you to look up. You're not supposed to look up and go, didn't Gygax say that there was so many segments to a magic users? You're supposed to read it, internalize it, and do the best you can with it. Anyways, that's a total side tangent and maybe something to talk about another time because the AD&D Dungeon Master's Guide, while not necessarily OSR by some people's description, is probably one of the go-to, if not the go-to book for me. If I had to completely disband my RPG collection, that would definitely be, it would be one of the few things I would keep. That's 100% the case. Okay, so off to the intro. Hey there, welcome to Bandit's Keep. I'm Daniel. This is day 16 of OSR October. And we're going to look at another supplement today. This one is called Ford's Fairies, a bestiary inspired by the works of Henry E. Ford for use with old school RPGs. This is available as a PDF for free. I believe they accept donations or there is a very small price print on demand, basically at cost, if I'm understanding it correctly. I picked this up a while back. I've used it for inspiration. I haven't actually used any of these monsters. But it's very, very cool. So it's I don't know, digest style, I guess. The uh, internal page says Google Plus Old School RPG Community presents Ford's Fairies, uh, Design Various, Art Henry Justice Ford, Edits and Layout Eric Neodin. This work is released under the Creative Commons license. All right, so my understanding here oh, there's a forward actually. Social networks are not just for arguing politics. This book comes straight from Google Plus, where I posted a link to the monsterbrains.com page about Henry Justice Ford's body of work. 
I was smitten and at the same time sad that I'd never seen it before. A short conversation later, the Henry Justice Ford Monster Manual Project was born. The 50-odd creatures within these pages are the work of 15 authors with diverse styles and tastes, but they all have in common a fanciful glamour inspired by Ford's mesmerizing illustrations. It is a lovely circle we took part in. The folk tales inspired an artist, who in turn inspired us to create unique creatures who hopefully will find a place in your games, creating more stories. We wish you interesting encounters with Ford's fairies. Eric. Newton, Dublin, November 2018. All right, we have a whole list of contributors. You can download this PDF. I don't want to spend a whole bunch of time reading through here, but a lot of cool people were, took part in this, including our very own, uh, Anchor's very own Goblin's Henchman. So it, actually the very first monster in here is, is by them. So this is, so again, it, they took an image, they, an illustration, they looked at it and then created a monster from it. So I'm going to look at the illustration. I will describe it and then I will read the monster that they created. I'm not going to do a bunch of them. I might just do one. We'll see how long this takes. Just to give you an idea. Okay, so there is a man in looks like kind of uh, like a scale armor with a helmet on, laying on the ground. Uh, his eyes are closed. His head's turned to the side. There's a, a a bunch of animals gathered around them. There's writing on the bottom. It says, "The faithful beasts wept, found the dead body of the prince." And we can see here. There's a lion who's got his head up like he's roaring. There's a boar. There's a there's a fox, there's a wolf, there's a bear, and there's also a rabbit here. So we've got several animals kind of gathered around. So Goblin's henchman has created this monster. A Jose Zonsuki. I'm quite sure that I'm not pronouncing this correctly. We're going to call it Ajo. Ajo is not one creature, but a collective of sorts. The collective of beasts is possessed by the spirit of a familiar, the true Ejo, a familiar which betrayed its master. The beasts are the vassals of the spirit familiar. The Ejo rejoices in self-inflicted shudfrun. It is cursed to do so, to enjoy being sad. The Ejo befriends strangers only to turn on them, reveling in the remorse it feels at its own betrayal. As such, it is cursed to relive its original crime. The collective is made up of six creatures, one speaking for the group. One creature is the de facto familiar and bestows on their adoptive companion a plus two bonus to one of their ability scores as follows. Lion strength, wolf intelligent, boar wisdom, hare dexterity, bear constitution, fox charisma. The collective fights for its companion, but not to the death. When true enthalpy has been established, the Ajo selects an ill-opportune moment to enact betrayal, usually after a great achievement. The Ajo starts by recounting the crimes their companion has committed, and then, eyes full of tears, heart full of great regret, the faithful beasts attack. In combat, the spirit of the familiar sustains the collective, sharing out the combined life force. Remove curse destroys the spirit familiar. Also, it will not willingly enter a village, town, or city. This may trigger betrayal. So really interesting, right? We have these animals that are gathered around, basically weeping over a body uh, of the prince in this case. And this is what uh, Goblin's Henchman has come up with, which is really fun. It is, uh, let's say, two to six hit dice, one per creature. Oh, that's interesting. So it's got to be at least two creatures, but you could have up to six creatures. Oh, that's interesting. So I'm guessing the way that you could play this is you could have it be... Uh, you know, just two creatures like a lion and a bear, or it could just be, or it could be all six of them, depending on what you encounter. 
I, I like that variety. Very, very cool. All right, let's look at one more. I'm just going to slide. I'm just going to, I'm looking at the PDF, so I'm just swinging my, my, my mouse <laughs> sliding up. Okay, here we go. Okay, so this is an image of a woman. She's turned, look like she's startled, looking up at what is effectively, I'm going to call him a troll. He's a very tall uh, creature. He's got kind of a polearm staff in his hand. He doesn't look like he's violent, though. He looks wise in the way he's kind of slouched over. He's got robes on. He has scaled skin and horns and a long kind of mustache uh, made of look like almost looks like horn. She has her hand on. Either she's closing or she just is about to go into or possibly uh, was about to open some kind of a cabinet. And on top of the cabinet, there are some jars. There's also like a lounging chair here. So it's a, a bit of a scene. There's no writing on this one. So let's see what the creator has come up with. This is by Sebastian de Abrijan. Cabinet of the Keeper. The Cabinet Keeper is a helpful ghost. It appears near a white wooden cabinet. Its doors are engraved with floral motifs and inscriptions in an ancient language that read, Here you are in your frantic flight. Pass the Keeper. Through the doors you see delight. Trust the keeper. Brave or desperate people who take refuge inside the closet find themselves in a delightful garden, where white trees heavy with fruit grow near a fountain of milky liquid. Eating or drinking restores D6 hit points. In the garden, the cabinet's doors appear in one of the trees, and they remain unlocked. Any attempt to explore the white woods brings the characters back to the garden. While the party rests, the keeper watches. She attempts to mislead any pursuers or stalkers in fights if necessary. People who come out to help the keeper in its duties are given a root key. This magical root grows into a lock and can be used as its key, but only once. Oh, that's pretty cool. All right, so it looks like, oh, wow, the cabinet keeper. So I guess the way Sebastian is interpreting this is the woman who's standing in front of the cabinet is the, the monster or whatever, and they're letting this troll guy inside. <laughs> And I guess she's not startled. Maybe she's talking to him. Armor class is only a cloth with three hit dice, but they do energy drain. Uh, one appearing, and they can give you this root key, which is pretty cool. You, you have this piece of root. You stick it into a lock. It grows into the lock and turns into the key. That's pretty neat. And it says special. They are undead, immune to normal weapons. So yes, their armor class is only as cloth, but you need to hit them with magic weapons and stuff. So that makes them pretty good at fighting. And obviously energy drain is really bad. So if you're being chased by 20 goblins and you, you know the two remaining party members after a massive fight are being chased by 20 goblins, they can run into this cabinet and heal up and rest while the cabinet of the keeper protects them. Where it is or why it's there would be up to you, but I could see it inside of some kind of like ancient holy temple that's been corrupted by monsters and the parties in there trying to clean it out and, you know, restore it. This could be a great place for them to rest. It looks like it's freestanding. I would probably make it impossible to move because obviously player characters are going to want to try to take it. <laughs> and yeah, I think it's pretty cool. I like this a lot. There are, I don't know how many, a lot. This PDF is a little over 100 pages, 116 pages, but there's covers and stuff. So I'm going to say there's probably somewhere around 40 to 50 monsters in here. And some of them repeat the same image and some do not. But in the end, this is a great supplement and it is free. So there's no reason not to pick it up. I have a print copy. I cannot remember if I had this printed from Lulu when the PDF first came out because there wasn't print on demand or if I got it printed by drive through They all do the same kind of print on demand quality. It's fine. It's, you know, it's kind of classic print on demand from drive through RPG. You can't go wrong with that. 
I did find, though, and this is why I wonder, that on my copy, if I look at a monster, like when I look at, let's say I'm looking at the Hermit Hag, now I'm looking at the, the print copy, where it says Hermit Hag, across from it, there's a picture of a woman fighting, but in fact, the Hermit Hag picture is on the backside. So it's like the picture is behind the page, which is pretty cool, actually, if you were going to tear them out or print them, you could do like back-to-back -back page monster and uh, monster and write-up, but... As a book, it throws me off all the time. So I don't know if you got it printed from DriveThruRPG if it would look like that or not. I'm guessing no, because I didn't see any reviews that say that. So it's probably just an issue with my book. <laughs> in any case, it's definitely worth picking up, even in the PDF, because like I said, it is free. You can donate, I believe. I'll put a link. I'll find it on DriveThru and put a link there for you all. So Ford's Fairies, highly recommended. If you've used this before or something similar, if you contributed to this and I've pronounced your name terribly wrong, I apologize. Uh, go ahead and leave me a message. You can find a link in the show notes, how to do that using the Anchor app, or you could join my Discord server. You can send me a private message there. I'm also on the Audio Dungeon Discord and Clerics Wear Ringmail, so if you want to send me messages over there, that's another way to reach me. Either way, you could just attach a voicemail and I will read it here on the show. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can also find a link to my Patreon in the show notes if you'd like to support the podcast. Also, I'm still looking for a great sign-off. I've got a few of them so far. I think once I have enough, maybe I'll do like a vote. <laughs> so if you have a good sign-off for me, go ahead and let me know. But until then, I'll talk to you soon.